Good morning. This is Saba Baptiste on Fire and Ice Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about Jackson Rumen House and the foundation that is in charge of replicating the house. The Jackson House is located on 851 Zach Street, Tampa, Florida, 33604. This house has a lot to do with black history in a time when we were not included in the mainstream population. So I'm going to give you some background about the Jackson House. It was built in 1901, a 24-rooming house by Moses and Sarah Jackson, entrepreneurs and business owners as a part of the Central Avenue Black Business District. The Jackson House is the last evident structure remaining in the historical in the historic black business district in Tampa, Florida that dates back to over 100 years. During segregation 1849 through 1950, the Jackson House provided lodging for black entertainers who performed in the local area, including Central Avenue Business District. The following names of a few of a few entertainers who lodged at the Jackson Rumen House: James Brown, Ella Fitzgerald, Charles, Ray Charles, Ted Wells, the Balton Boys, Cab Callaway, Jimmy Lofter, etc. This list can go on and on. The Jackson Rumen House closed in 1989 due to a lack of resources and a weakened and dilapidated structure. The Jackson House solved a problem for black entertainers and other prominent black people who performed or conducted business in Tampa, Florida, and needed a place to stay overnight. The innovation came during Jim Crow era, 1877 to 1965, one of the deadliest times for black Americans in the United States, lynching, raping, burning of black bodies and towns, incarcerations. The entertainer who lodged at the Jackson House performed around the globe. The Jackson House was a part of a national and international community recognized as a travel destination for black entertainers who when performing in Tampa, Florida. And the reason why this background is important because we have an important mission in Tampa to replicate the Jackson House where it stands, which is 851 Zach Street. And the person, a very prominent person, a very um, intelligent person is in charge of the board, the um, Jackson Rooming House Foundation. And the chair of that board is Dr. Carolyn Collins. And we have her here today as a guest to... Um, give us the informed version of the Jackson Rumen House and to um, help us understand what is needed to construct this building and how the public can help. And I'm going to just uh, have her to introduce herself and we'll get cracking. So Dr. Collins, please introduce yourself. 
Thank you, Saba, so much for the invitation. Uh, I am Carolyn Hepburn Collins, uh, a resident literally all my life of Tampa, uh, born in New York, read, educated here in Florida uh, from Cobb Elementary, a little piece of Dunbar, <laughs> and went on to Blake uh, St. Pete Junior College, closed on in the first semester, completed over in Clearwater, uh, Florida a University, Florida State, Golden Gate University, and uh, the uh, no ends uh, trying to just kind of stay informed and be involved. Uh, that's a little bit about who I am just in general. Okay, so tell us how did you get involved with the Jackson House in terms of restoring it, making it our preservation here? Saba, I actually left Tampa, uh, moved away, and came back on a, on a Thursday, attended an NAACP meeting on a Thursday night and a Florida a &M University uh, National Alumni Association on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. And from that point on, those are two, in addition to my church, mm -hmm. and I would say first my family, mm -hmm. uh, those are the other two organizations that I work with. And it was through the NAACP uh, that the Omegas here in Tampa uh, decided to work with as a directive uh, from their leadership. Uh, they came in to work with the uh, NAACP as the Divine Nine. And the only... Uh, Entity of the Divine Nines was the Omegas who sent Willie Robinson to the NAACP, and he was our liaison. Mm -hmm. And having spoke with, stayed over, of course, we didn't know what regular hours were. We served the community. Whether they liked it or not, whether they were pleased with what we were doing, we had that committed and dedication that came from the Bob Gilders, the Henry Colley, the Ann Porters, uh, the Mr. Uh, Robinson, Mr. George, who lived out there, uh, all of the people who came before us, Helen Saunders, uh, et cetera. And so what we did, Sam Horton included, Dr. Horton, uh, Curtis, <laughs> make sure I use uh, our Curtis, uh, whom I follow. What we did is we reached out, and by reaching out, people reached back to us. Long hours in the office at night, staying over there working after I left Tampa General at work uh, on the weekend, spending time. Willie was sitting with me. Okay. He came over and he was talking about the Jackson House. He talked about his mother. Uh, and I knew that there was something that was coming and I didn't know what it was. And ultimately he asked me to come downtown and visit with him at the house. And it was around the time that Tampa was putting a sign on it to tell him that they were going to literally demolish the mm -hmm. house, that he couldn't stay there. And I think he talked with me for a couple of years, as long as he could, until he finally said, I need you to come over. And I went and I sat on the porch with Willie, and he didn't want me to go in the house because he didn't want me to know the condition of the floors in the house. And book after book after book, and those books were photo albums. Mm -hmm. And he bought them out, and he began to tell the history of his family. But Willie was telling the history of his mother. Right. And his mother wanted this house to be saved. Uh, she had been bamboozled by all kind of business people doing shoddy works on there. 
she had paid for it and the work was no good and they would have to come back, which is why she had so much trouble with, I guess, the inside of the house deteriorating because of the rain, because she had paid so much for the roof. And Willie was trying to figure out what he could do. And his interest was not to sell the house. His interest was to make sure he maintained his mother's history Mm -hmm. and his family history. Uh, He has a family member in town who is very, very involved and well-known in the community. Uh, She came in and she met with us at the NAACP office where we stopped meeting. I got a call uh, that came actually through Kathy Castas Mm -hmm. and said, you know, we trust you. We know your commitment and dedication over the years have been good. Save that house. And it was coming into Black History Month. And I made a proposal to the executive board. Let's save the house. Let's work on it for a month. May I stop you and just ask you, what year are we talking about? What year? Had to be, if we're in 23 now, this would have been somewhere around, it's five years, six years. uh, We've been working on it 10 years ago. So I said almost 10 years ago. Okay. The reason why that's important, because... um, this is a continuous effort, right? It started way before to, um, 2007, but the mom, uh, Miss Sarah, Miss Sarah Jackson Robinson, she put the application in in 2007 to make this um, put the application in at National Register of Historic Places um, registration form to make it a historical preservation. And that was uh, 2007. And so it is, um, I guess, Willie Robinson hopes that he lived up to his mother expectations. And so um, Dr. Collins have been the actual, the, the one who have rallied around this concept of saving this house. And because of her interest, she have brought on other people i.e. Form, formulated a foundation. And this at the time, Willie Robinson was alive. He was alive and was the chair of the exactly. foundation. Exactly. <laughs> right. So with, with that information, so we're looking at, what, a 20, almost a combined 20 years of trying to transition this house into a replica of the old days and make it a museum, right? Because that's the outcome to make it a museum. You know, I always say the outcome is what we get money for from the state mm-hmm. and what the people in the community want because we're going to ask them to make a serious investment, and investments are not always with money. Right. It's with time, your resources, right. your commitment, your mm-hmm. dedication, and then if you have a dime, a dollar, or a million, we'll take it. Right. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Willie, actually, when you look at the national uh, registration, which I understand his mother started in, initially in 2006 and yes. ended up getting it in March 2007. Right. Mm-hmm. I would even take it back before then because before she went national, mm-hmm. she was able to get a Florida and a local, which was back in 2004. Okay. And Very somewhere good. in the city of Tampa, when you look at some of their historical documents and their books, they have identified uh, four local historic districts. When I first got started, haven't looked at an update mm-hmm. lately, and in those, there are about 48 local historic landmarks, and the Jackson House was put in by the city in one of those. And those that local historic landmark information, it goes all the way back to 1899. To that point, I, I want to say that the national registration 
it has over 100,000 structures on that list. But black people who have been in America since the beginning of America only have less than 2% of historical structures on that list. So could you speak to why that is? What, what is preventing us from getting our buildings graduated into the historical registration and, and to be preserved for our future and our children's future? Could you speak to that? Let me speak to that by kind of giving you what we finally, I mean, I've never seen an organization that takes so long to come up with like its mission, its goal, or its theme. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we went through so many, but our theme is probably why. And it's restoring history so that we can inspire future generations. And storing history to inspire future generations. And that's key. And I hate to say this, Sab, at this time when you ask me that question, because we're talking about history. Not his story right now. We're talking about our story. Our story. And we live in a state where our story does not want to be told. So while we're in the midst of this, we were doing this before somebody came along and decided to not tell our story. But certainly, Salva, you know the history as an avid, intelligent, articulate educator on our history and the kind of things that we've tried to do uh, from teaching history Mm -hmm. of African-Americans, then women, then Asian-Americans, Latino, as a part of the Constitution Mm -hmm. of the state of Florida, if I would tend to say it that way. And it was difficult. And I wanted to precedent what I'm going to say with that because a bill passed over 20, 25 years ago Mm -hmm. by Senator Hargrit from Tampa and Representative Rudy Bakley from St. Pete. And the fact that I hear you asking me that question, you know how hard you worked as the education chairperson for the NAACP and what we did to make sure that we could get that done because this big county of ours, Hillsborough, did not even have the law implemented in the county, nor did St. Pete, Pinellas County, nor did the county where the two state legislators wrote the bill. And so if we didn't do that, and that's our history here, then the answer to your question is, it's imperative that we tell our children, we say to inspire future generations. Those generations are still yet unborn. And we've got to make sure. And if we're going to tell a story, we don't always need to go and look at a brick or a, a, a mantle or a writing where somebody can say, oh, that is what was here. The Jackson House is what we have left, I think, majorly of the scrubs. But we all from the scrubs near downtown Tampa, right off of Central Avenue. So our goal is to make sure that we maintain and tell the story that Willie's mother, okay, Mrs. Robinson, so dearly wanted to tell. And so we're going to tell that story. And, you know, some people, somebody just told me yesterday, dear friend of mine, look how long you've been working on that and there's nothing happened. I say, look how long it took Harriet Tubman to take people from one point to another. And she never stopped. We stopped when he lay us down to sleep. Right. Okay. And uh, so that's that's why we got to tell the story, Saba, and that's why we're going to do it. Very, very important. 
um, information you just mentioned because what happened here in Tampa, we we tend to have some snags along the way with the Jackson House, right? We we can't get it moving forward because we got these other um, um, agents involved in it. And so um, to tell our story, how come we face so many um, restrictions? How come we face so many um, naysayers say, no, we can't do it? Or is it how we approach it? Do we approach it wrong? Or or is it that we're asking for permission um, to go forward? What is it that make the people in power think that we shouldn't have what we, that actually belong to us? And that it's everybody's history because black people who make the history shares it with everyone else. So... Mm-hmm. What is what is the answer to that question? What is the holdup? Are we asking for permission when we should just go forward? And who are these people that's interrupting this this beautiful history? This this for our children, their children, and the future five hundred years down the road. Who are these people that want this not to take place? Kind of surprising, and the answer might be. Shocking and dismayed to some people, and some mm-hmm. may not like mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. But if you look at when Willie Mother started to try mm-hmm. to save this house mm-hmm. and tell this history, mm-hmm. and if you look at what Willie went through and all the different organizations in the city and all mm-hmm. the different individuals who told him, you know, sell the house to me and then I'll make it this beautiful Jackson house when it was their intent to get the money give it to him from whoever was going to give it to them, and they was going to give it away and wasn't going to do anything. Wow. And you look at the past 10-plus years, I would say, uh, since I came in in this project, and I want to pause just for a minute to say this. I came into this project as president of the Hillsborough County Branch, NAACP. Mm-hmm. I was approached initially by Kathy Castor and her staff asking me to save that house because they had heard that our former mayor, was uh, Bob Buckhorn, was going to put the ball and chain on it and knock it down. And they said, you know, you're sincere with things that you do. You're not looking for something for yourself. I think you can move people to do it. And thus, you know, working with Willie, having already had those conversations with him, uh, having Joe Robinson go down to the county and get every document that he could on behalf of the NAACP. And ultimately, when I said, I'm leaving next year, this is my last year, Joe made a very good decision. He said, we're not going to have everybody messing up with this. So let's make you the chair, even though you're the president, the chair of this Jackson House. And if you leave in a year as the president, you keep this project with you and keep it going. Thus, uh, that has happened. But when you look at Willie's mother, look at Willie. Look at what I've been doing on behalf of that family. And I tell people they pay me so much money. I mean, I probably get equivalent to $2 million a month salary. So you know how unrealistic that is. No money, no change hands, and not looking for any money. But that's the answer to your question. Money. So Money. Money. So, um, yes, isn't that the truth? <laughs> money. And so now... Money to do what? Describe this to us from the interior to the exterior. Money or exterior to the interior. Money to do what? First of all, we need the money because for people who have a home and purchase a home, 
condo or whatever you've purchased, and you look at your property, you look at your property line. Mm -hmm. Somebody come and park over on your property, you go, who mm -hmm. they over here on my property line? <laughs> and you put a no trespassing sign, mm -hmm. or you go talk to your neighbor and say, hey, you parking on my grass, and this is my property line, and I have to pay for this. Mm -hmm. And even though my property line out front might run out to the city on that little piece that they right. have, I still take care of the cities because mm -hmm. they don't come around every two weeks. So you got to have... And, and, and I hate to say this, I think you asked the question uh, at the beginning of this is why is it our history is not being told? And it's because one, sometime, not all time, some of us don't appreciate it. I've had as many African-Americans tell me why waste the taxpayers money on that Jackson house, let it go. This kind of person stayed there, that kind of person stayed there. They might have did this there, they may have done that there. Well, they did that and people stayed everywhere, all over the country all over this city, all over this county, but the, uh, this state. But what we want to do is we want to maintain history. So I've had a number of African-Americans who felt, including some elected officials, said some things that was inappropriate. But I have uh, non-African-American have been extremely supportive. We needed money to keep the house from falling down. Our first came from an award that we got mm -hmm. with the uh, that everybody know that the Bennings have done an excellent job more than 10 years now, probably getting close to 20, of every time they have a home game, they pick someone who's done something great, mm -hmm. and that person can work with the 501c3, a nonprofit organization, with $50,000. We took our first 50000 and we take that money, and we stabilize the house. So that's the cost. So what year? Mm. Don't ask me. Okay, okay, okay. Right. I, I got it written down, but okay. I don't have it right here handy Is with me. Is it more than 10 years ago? I would say it's getting close to it because okay. it was when the Venix had been doing this for 10 years because okay. we went to their 10-year celebration. Okay. Mm -hmm. And um, so uh, we got that 50000 We stabilized the house. And it's getting close to about 20 years ago, but okay. not quite. Mm -hmm. We were fortunate. We found an African-American contractor uh, who is very well qualified, and he did the stabilization. And at the end of it, he said, that's my contribution. We didn't even have to make him the last payment. Mm -hmm. and, and that was a good thing that he did that. And then uh, we just kept working and kept working. And we were trying not to come to the community to raise money until we completed a structure. Mm -hmm. And the structure that Mr. Willie had and his mother mm -hmm. was not in place. So we had to go back, create 501c3s, tax exempt status, mm -hmm. you know, get a board together. We had to erase things that was already out there. And it took us almost two years to try to get a lot of that cleaned up because we were doing it as we do today as volunteers with only a couple of people on the board that mm -hmm. was doing it. Bottom line is... What my experience have been, the difficulty, is you have to have a little bit of money. Thank God for Vinick Foundation, uh, who started us off with the 50000 But thank God that they looked at us many years later, three or four years, and said, you haven't done that thing yet. And the current mayor that we have in office had asked, what can, you know, what can the city do to foster this? As, as what Bob Buckhorn did do, he didn't put the ball in chain. Uh, there were some things that he told us he would do, and this mayor came right in, stepped in, and started doing that. And then Mr. Bennett came in, and he says, we're going to make a donation to that project. And so a lot of people see him make these huge uh, gifts. I call them gifts from God. Mm -hmm. And uh, we haven't, and I think across the country, those kind of gifts from God have not been given by even African Americans who 
are able to do it and you have to run into someone. Mr. Vinick did it for us. Right. So my question is, okay, thank you, Mr. Vinick and the mayor and all the contributors to the Jackson um, House. But I also need to talk about the um, resistance and the, uh, let's say, for instance, what looks like code enforcement and working space to go ahead and replicate this beautiful um, history of ours so that everybody can share in it. So there, there is, I don't know if the word would be, um, there is some opposition. There is some strong opposition in terms of space, getting to the house. Um, you know, can you speak on that? What is actually the problem with getting in that space and working on the house? Yes. Major opposition is space. Mm -hmm. Downtown Tampa have what they call a zero lot line. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say this slow, and I'm going to say it methodically, hopefully, and get it clear. The Jackson House was there at mm -hmm. the turn of the century century. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We were there. Subsequent, there were houses next door to the Jackson House. My husband's a narcissist cousin lived in a similar rooming house right across in front of the Jackson House. Okay. All of these houses was right next to each other, and children that if they played in downtown Tampa in those houses, they had a little space between the two houses to run in between. It's not like the space between our homes today when we build, okay. and you have to have X number of feet between each house. Because downtown Tampa has what they call a zero-lot line, the Jackson House is still there, and we are imposed by the zero-lot line. But remember, we were there first. Hmm. Since the houses on the side of us were sold, since whatever the name of that bar that was almost right there at Nebraska, it's gone, the owners of the new property came in. And they saying that they bought their property and they can do whatever feel they feel they could do right on the zero lot line. But if you have codes, and I've asked this question on multiple meetings with the city, the county, the state, if there are codes that are being enforced, and if I bought a new piece of property 40 years or 50 years later, do I get a chance to not abide by those codes? And if I do, then when we get ready to upgrade the Jackson House, restore it, uh, rebuild it, or whatever, why I don't get the same privilege? So that's an interesting concept. So what I, what I think I hear you saying, okay, clarify this. So the zero lot line, right? Is that current? Is that in practice? Or is that something that was way back when and now they have new codes that states how this supposed to be laid out? And how is it? Is there easement as a, as a possibility? Because um, it, it's almost impossible that one agency would obstruct another agency and especially if that agency is a nonprofit and doing it for the good of the community. So what um, which code applies, the hundred year code or the recent code and how does it fit to um, space as it versus for profit versus nonprofit and 
you know, that to me, it sounds like the mayor would be in there to clarify some language. It sounds like the county commissioners would be in there to clarify some language. So what is your experience? What where are you in this and what you've been told, please? City council have been very cooperative. Mm -hmm. The historical uh, entity from the county office and the city Mm -hmm. have been very supportive. Mm -hmm. And I think the reality of it is, is there's a a hangnail in there because it really doesn't matter to me. And I'm being blunt and honest. Mm -hmm. The Jackson House, compared to who's there now, was there when they came. So if... You say that there's a zero lot line and codes are currently being forced. Perhaps the property owner that bought property around the Jackson house, those codes may not have been enforced at that time. But when you look at the property owner leasing their property to someone else within the past three to four years, there are codes that was in place. There are safety codes. There are fire codes. Ambulance must be able to have gain access to get in. And so if those codes were in place then, then those individuals should have had to apply to them, just like the fact that as long as we didn't do nothing on the Jackson House, we don't have to worry about the codes. But now that we want to try to restore, rebuild, or uh, uh, restoration process, right. mm-hmm. we have to follow the codes. Mm-hmm. So the codes need to be on people on the, both sides of us. In the front of us is the city. We're fine. The city's okay with that. They have some codes. You can't do a ramp up front. You have to do a lift. So if you want to have gained access, you got to not go in the front. All right? We accept that as a city code. The back, that's another situation because we own property because as people know about open and closed alleys. So we have an open alley back there. If we close the alley, we gain a portion of the property, and the owners on the other property, they gain the portion. But we should always probably keep that alley open unless some other adjustments are made on the side of us because that alley give us access from Nebraska. Then when you get on each side of us, the uh, owners of the parking lot that's on, and I don't know the difference between east and west, I always do Mm -hmm. it. So I'm going to say the west side is where Mm -hmm. the uh, 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 courthouse, Mm -hmm. they are right up on, on the lot line. But it was seems to me that if you're going to park a car there and that car is running hot and explode and it's a house sitting there, that would then hit that house very quickly. So if that's going to be a parking space, if it's going to be another building, if it's going to be a business, if it's going to be a restaurant, it should be distance away from that house. Likewise, on the other side, it shouldn't be right on the lot line. So now you're telling us, that we can't do this unless we have that because we're on the lot line. But there are people who came years after us, and nobody told them nothing about the lot line. So I've asked the question, and that's what I'm trying to figure out as we pursue it now. And we are working, and we have been working diligently the last two years uh, with the owners of the parking to see what we can do to move them back so that we will comply with all of the city codes Okay. Or will the city abate their codes and do a waiver to let us move forward? Okay. So um, for our listeners, we're here at WNNF um, Fire 
and Ice podcast. Today, I guess, is Dr. Carolyn Collins. She's going to um, give us all the information and and our marching orders, hopefully, about how we can help to reconstruct the Jackson House, which is located on 851 Zach Street um, in Tampa, Florida, 33602. Um, this is a very important historical building, and we need everybody to um, pay attention to this. Black community and all the other communities, this is um, something that we want our children to know and we want their children to know, and we're planning to uh, reconstruct this building at that location. So we need help from the community. So please um, listen and see how you can engage. And at the end of this podcast, um, I'll make sure Dr. Collins leaves some information so you can contact her if you have any solutions or maybe somebody out there want to put a petition together to help move this along. So please, um, we're going to go back in and let Dr. Collins um, um, answer some more questions about the Jackson Boarding House, again, located on 851 Zach Street, Tampa, Florida, 33602. So now, Dr. Collins just described some of the challenges, and they're big challenges because it seemed like it's withholding progress. And now um, I'm going to ask Dr. Collins to give us some solutions and, and coupled with um, how much money she thinks all of this project will cost and where are they with achieving that goal. So please, Dr. Collins, um, please give us some solutions and tell us about the funding and what is perhaps needed to make this happen. I think the first thing is needed is a consistent interest by the community for those who are interested. I'm not going to be concerned about those who are the naysayers. Mm -hmm. But for those individuals who are interested, before COVID, we had quarterly meetings for the community. They could come in. We asked them to bring pictures, bring history, bring anything that they knew that it could be included in the concept of the rebuild once mm -hmm. it was completed. Uh, and that's what we need people to still do now. Bring, bring your history. Bring your pictures, if you have any, of anyone who stayed there, anything that you knew about it, uh, any family pictures, et cetera, which tends to be very hard to gain because during that time, many African-Americans didn't have no cameras to take pictures, mm -hmm. and so it wasn't there. When it comes down to money, I'm going to say this. We're going to always need money because the house needs to be maintained over the years so it'll never be able to get in this disrepair. But by bringing on uh, uh, an executive director, and because it's limited funding that we will have, we are very much looking forward to over the past years still trying to hire what would be an executive director, a curator, a historian, and a grant writer. We're going to wrap something all into uh, some one individual that will be able to make sure that we have the grants from many of the major corporations and industries that give you an annual grant as long as you're doing something positive, and that might be good operational money. And we will do major fundraisers so that people will be able to come and support those fundraisers and don't just have to give us money. But if somebody got some money out there and they want to give it away, we will take that too. We will not turn down any funds. So as it relates to money, we've been blessed. 
Uh, we have received the, uh, and I'm not going to give amounts, but I will say we've received our largest ever donation, and it was the first one from the Vinick Foundation. Uh, following that, uh, we had uh, uh, Les, Les Miller, former Senator Miller, uh, County Commissioner Miller. We asked him to ask the county to support the efforts of what the city was trying to do some things. And Les Miller put money in the budget, and subsequently we've asked Commissioner Gwen Miller if she could do follow Les's uh, foundation that he set there, and if we asked if she please would continue. And with her interest in history and a museum that she's going to do in West Tampa, we she made a commitment that she would stick with us with the downtown Jackson House project. Uh, we have been before the city council. Uh, city council know that they have the downtown CRA. Uh, they have talked about that. It's been a public meeting. People should know what's going on. And we're asking the new city council board members, which will probably go back and we'll meet with them to let them know what we're doing uh, and having their support. The mayor has done an, a Herculean job with support, pro bono, things that we can get done quickly, fence, clean up, and they've been uh, maintaining those kind of things for us as well. Uh, we have worked with Tampa Bay History Center. They've been doing some things uh, as well. <clears throat> and then we were blessed. We decided to step out there on faith, and we wrote a grant. Uh, and we were able to get $1 million out of what they call the AACH grant from the state of Florida. And then uh, there was the mayor worked with uh, Senator Darrell Roussan and Representative Diane Hart, they wrote a grant that was available at the state level uh, for the working with the mayor, and they was able to get a half a million dollars. Mm -hmm. These two grants are sister and brother grants. They're not the same, mm -hmm. but they allow us to pool that funds together to move forward with what we're doing now. Uh, and so if we could get the city and the county to keep putting a small amount in a budget for that historical site, just mm -hmm. like a historical museum right. downtown, periodically the, the, the we would be responsible to making sure that we stay in touch with both state and federal grants to bring money in. Then the fundraising that we do will allow us to maintain staff. Uh, it will also allow us to maintain the house. So we need the people in the community to advocate. We need them to go before city council, to go before the county commissioner. We need them to uh, find out uh, with their cardies who's on both sides on how important this would be and what a contribution that they can make to making sure that if we need easement on the east side, 10 feet, 15 to 20, whatever it is we need, that they work with us and let us move forward so this bad weather come in and the house look like it's about to fall down. And it may fall down, granted, but it has been stabilized twice. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really strengthened from the inside, but that doesn't do anything to the outside. Mm -hmm. But we are going to do a rebuild, restructure of the Jackson House at 851 Zach Street in downtown Tampa, and people that are in the way might as well come on and join us. Right. So that's that's beautifully said. So you you done the call to the public. You um, explain what they can do. So um, I would like for you to do a walkthrough of a child once it's constructed, what what will a child see in that Jackson house? And 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 do it from a perspective of I think it's going to be three levels, two two levels. Two. Okay, a two level house, and 
and and I think there's some kind of layout you guys already have, right? So let's talk about the layout. What as as a child, what will they see once they enter the building? Uh, they will not just see a museum. It, the, a museum will be there, but they're going to be functional rooms within that house, mm-hmm. rooms that's going to tell stories. Yes. You know, a 22-story rooming house has a lot of stories mm-hmm. that they can tell. Mm-hmm. We're looking at a, the first and the second floor, and there'll probably be uh, my vision is not the same as the board vision, which is not the same as the community vision. But the architect who's drawing our vision is drawing it in the room concepts. Uh, you'll probably see the history of African-American in a room. You may see the history of Native Americans because Native American people talk about the musicianal piece of the house and who stayed in it, but very infrequently do they talk about a, a Dr. Martin Luther King, despite the fact that maybe some people uh, in the city of county might say Dr. Martin Luther King didn't stay there, he didn't go there. Well, it's because they don't know our history, and that's our history, not their history, and we know who stayed there, but... Uh, they also had Native Americans who lived there because they, too, during Jim Crow eras, could not stay in hotels. They had the veterans. So we're even looking at Magdalene Air Force Base being here. Most people know that they couldn't, blacks couldn't stay on base. That's why there's a Lincoln Garden right now off Dale Mabry, mm-hmm. subsequently a Carver City, because they carved out that property for the black military veterans to go and live. Well, mm-hmm. many of them came in and they stayed there in the Jackson House as well. So you're going to see that kind of history, not just all African-American history. You're going to see that kind of history. You're going to see the history of downtown Tampa. But then uh, as a board member who poured in a number of years, I'm looking for you to see a room in that house where we can take our young African-American babies and we can take them in there and there'll be like a reading center for them, a computerized reading center where they may be able to go in and sit there and read books and learn and have some Saturday morning like Miss Barnes used to do. And we're actually teaching these kids and their parents might be over in another room uh, and they may be learning as well on how to do some of the day-to-day uh, management. On the second floor, uh, it's going to be sort of like an auditorium concept. It will be named after the Jackson family. Mm-hmm. It might be the Jackson Auditorium, something to that effect. None of this is etched in stone. Mm-hmm. It's uh, uh, projections at this point. Right. And up in that room, uh, you might go up there to a workshop. You may go up there to a, a wedding reception. You may go up there to a, a wedding. It will not be very large things, but smaller a very personal and formal and informal events will be able to be uh, hosted uh, from the Jackson House. And the reason those kind of programs are going to be on there, because they bring with them a very small fee, which will also be a fundraising initiative mm-hmm. to help keep the house in, in good shape. Okay, that's that's. Um, it talks about a comprehensive plan, right? Um, yeah. It's it's very thorough. So um, one of the things that I noticed in Tampa, I think, um, since you're a native here, I think you might agree that a lot of our um, communities, old communities, uh, historic communities, doesn't really exist anymore. Some of them are unidentifiable. Many of them are unidentifiable. It almost looked like black people was never there. Um, and you see that throughout the city of Tampa where um, black people footprint, their blueprint, their DNA is being kind of like um, wiped out, just vanished. 
And so that speaks to how important is the Jackson House to help those little black boys and girls to have an identity. And my second part of this is, have there been an effort to start like a a um, naming chart of all the families that was in the central black business um, community, you know, because what are the names that have vanished and, and what are the people who are still around that can remember those things? Because I think that's going to be some of those kids that might walk in there and they might be a Jackson well, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm a relative of Sarah Jackson. It might be some some kid walking there. I'm a Robinson. Well, I, I could be a distant cousin of the Robinson. How, what's been done to curate that, you know, to get all of those names that go back 100-plus years that was was instrumental in that business sector? That's that To me, that's how you bring the past to the future, you know, by creating those real names that was— in and out of business, whether they sold vegetables or cab driver or hair salon, where are those family names that came from that, um, that maybe sold vegetables to Jackson House? Maybe they sold, you know, all kind of services. We need a board to talk about those families. So what do you say about that? How, how people have wrapped their heads around that aspect? Saba, I'll be honest with you with our board. We thought about all of those kind of things and what could be done, particularly since Nat King Coe stayed there. Mm -hmm. And we know that he, uh, Willie Robinson's father, was his barber. Okay. Mm -hmm. And he came here to get his process. Right. Before he went out of the country and then carried Willie's father with him. Uh, Things like that that we know. We know that there were people all in the community. One of the first donations we got from the city was a young lady who had somebody bring me to her and put a check in my hand for $100. Mm-hmm. And she said, I walk past that school every day. And she said, and I don't want to see that uh, be lost. And that's why we did the community meetings. And we had people to come to those meetings with a camera set up so they could mm-hmm. be recorded. But I think you're where we are now. Our board is now ready to find what funding that we do have since we have money mm-hmm. that will afford us as a small board mm-hmm. and a small entity that have a little bit of money, we need to find out what monies we can use to hire. And we've been pursuing this for over a year and a half. And we are at a point now where my month was March. We need a historian, a curator, an executive director, and a grant writer. And that person is the person that we want to in charge to start doing all that because if things go the way we anticipate within the next 30 days, we should start seeing some work being done, no less than 60 days. And that's because we've got to get the easement. Uh, we just met, had a nice meeting with all of the people around that needed to be at the table locally as well as with the state individuals. And so executed grants are in place. The money is already in place that we have received from other entities that I told you from our governmental support as well as the foundation, the Bennett Foundation. And so what we want to do now is we want a staff person that's not working with someone else who's going to, you know, help manage that uh, from a city's perspective. But the Jackson House, too, will be managed by 
staff that we have that will be looking just for that. That's an idea that would probably only come from an African-American person who would think that way. And that's why we want that. And that person might take that idea and develop it, and that idea may become the results of a grant. And it would be a grant just to go out there and seek that out, where that person may be able to hire a person to be in the community and go around and looking. And people are doing things like that Mm -hmm. now in Tampa because there's been a failure to gather the history, regardless of whether it's taking the Yellow Jackets Little League babies from West Tampa and sending them way over by the graveyard by Dr. Martin Luther King because you're redoing public housing. Who in public housing was thinking that way so that they could bring those babies back rather than trying to write them off? the parents who need to come back to the North Boulevard homes. Right. You know, things like that. So it's going to take a person right. who has an interest in the community, a dedication and commitment, and somebody who can work with the Jackson House board and with all of the people that we have from the Vinick to the city to the county so that we can make sure that that's a great idea. Right. And and that's, that's where you see... Um, I like to say the spirits of the ancestors come in and, and, and put that power into the Jackson house because we remember those names. We remember those events and those people. Um, And so, and it also is the time that when black people was the most unified because it was all they had was black people. So um, it is um, something that we, we all can relate to because no matter where black people are in the world, we have to always rely on each other because there are situations that require us to. So <clears throat> with that being said, I would like for you to share with the public um, your information that you want to share. So if they have something to add to this conversation, want to volunteer or do anything, please let them know how they can reach you. Our webmaster Alex has a beautiful website that's sitting out there at jacksonhousefoundation.org. And once you go on the website, as soon and I guess it's still the same because he kind of changes it a lot. But once you go on the website at jacksonhousefoundation.org, what Alex does is he has a little square box in there and it asks you for your name and numbers, almost like you registering on the site. And if you have something you need to say, there's a comment box, you can say it. We have found uh, a considerable amount of information a commitment, people are interested in doing different things, want to work on the board, want to work on our advisory committee, uh, people who actually are working out right now with a young lady who is a uh, uh, going into being an author. We got an author on our board. She was with us from MacDill. She left. She's in California now. Uh, she just wrote a movie, but she's still on our board, and so she's writing with us. So people can go on when they get on the site and they'll register. They'll see things we're doing. Our secretary, Ms. Irene, does an awesome job of keeping things out there and letting people know what's going on. Uh, we have a very uh, dedicated small board, very committed, you know, from our legal person to our contractor to our treasurer, our assistant treasurer. You know, uh, my vice chair is one of the original founding members, and she's out of St. Pete. My former treasurer is out of St. Pete because they came over because they wanted to help. And so just go to the website. We do have a number uh, you can call in. And you know, I cut my phone off so I wouldn't interview in here. And uh, I don't, the number, 
is not really at my fingertips now. But if you go on the website, you'll see the phone number and you can give us a call. Uh, and uh, as you call, those messages come in to us. They also go to our email. You can email us as well uh, at Jackson House Foundation. Uh, okay. And just go. The, the key is www.jacksonhousefoundation.org. Go to the website. It gives you everything, board members, phone numbers, emails. It kind of gives you pictures. There's a, even some little videos on there uh, that will one will tell the history of the Jackson House. And the, the history will be told and be a little different from different people's eyes. But in essence, it is the only living, breathing, about to be choked out <laughs> building that's in downtown Tampa that we're going to bring back to tell our history but we are doing that history so that we can be on a shadow of a doubt. And I always like to make sure I say the words the way we agree, restoring our history to inspire future generations. That's what it's all about. Uh, that's what we're going to do uh, at the Jackson House property uh, in downtown Tampa. And we are going to work with the city, the county, the state, the Tampa Bay History Center, the Vinix of the Accardi Brothers with 717 and it's going to happen. And so, yes, it's going to happen. And mm. it's because people like you have mm. not given up the fight. We are still advancing. Um, so what I would like to ask now is when will we see this, let's say a little boy, young, young black boy walking past um, Jackson House, three months from now, what will he see? Will he see the ground being broken? And will he see um, efforts being to demolish and then rebuild? What will he see when he walk past that building three months from now? Hopefully he will see that, because we're not going to take nothing off the top, so the bad weather that will probably be coming three months from now get in. But hopefully the first thing he will see, and we've kind of talked about this, is not definitive because we don't have the contractors and all in, but hopefully he'll see the siding on one side of the house that's being pulled down and replaced. And then he'll come to the other side, and he'll see that siding being pulled down and replaced. Mm -hmm. And then ultimately he'll say, oh, look, they replacing the siding on the front. They're putting the arch back on the peak on the porch. And then he'll see something similar to that in the back. And once we can get that done, deciding we got something strong enough to hold the repair of the roof. And then after we do the outside, we will go inside. Okay. But we've got to make sure that we get the outside. So we've talked about that, but when the contractor comes, they will tell us. And here's one thing we will do. Mm -hmm. We will share it with the community. It will be on our website. Right. Yeah, we will okay. let everybody know. Uh, we want stories to go out. We want to come back and talk with you on your podcast. Right. And, uh, Thank you. and we'll show pictures and videos and stories, and everybody will see it. Well, this is a momentous event, right? This is um, something that we all feel, I think, happy and joyful about, that these voices of our ancestors, their stories will live on, and they will go into various children It'll go into various communities, and we can grow from there to to do more things. I'm sure we have other buildings that need to be reserved, preserved throughout Hillsborough County. So I want to thank you 
I want to thank you for staying in the fight. I want to thank you for spearheading. I know it hasn't been easy because, I mean, I was under your leadership in NAACP, and I think a lot of times I wanted to pass out. It was so much work, <laughs> you know, but I appreciate your leadership, and, and, and your determination is what got us here today. So um, to all the board members um, um, that's on the Jackson Rooming House um, Foundation, uh, I want to send them a thank you because it is a fight worth having. It's a fight worth having, and um, I want to send you a lot of energy and power to continue the fight from, from the most high to all the ancestors be with you in good health and good spirits. And so we're going to bring this to a close. Is there any last words you want to just leave with us about the Jackson House? You know what? I would say the initiation of this with um, Kathy Castor and with the NAACP at the time under, under my presidency, with people like Natasha who said, no, we're not going to do this for a month. Let's take it until it, we see if we can do it. And people like Joe Robinson who thrust me out there and say, you chair this and take it with you wherever you go because we're sure it will be done. To the current board and the committed people that are working with us now when we meet every month. But more importantly, to Mr. Vinnick, who has really been the greatest vaccination and booster that we have had, uh, not only with his support, but his folks that are still at the table now. And anybody who wants to work with us, we're looking to work with people to make this happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I said, it will happen uh, to the mayor, to county commissioners, city council, all those individuals who thought it not robbery to make sure that history is maintained in downtown Tampa at the Jackson House. We're most appreciative. And I'm going to close off on this one, which probably people go, whoa, to the Accardi brothers, who may have made things look like they were difficult for us. But I have the confidence that they understand what we're trying to do, and they're going to be the people that bring this on in. It might be one of our biggest contributors, not only with uh, easements on both sides and making sure they work with us. They might even come out and give us a donation. Right. <laughs> Even if it's a parking space. <laughs> so so what I like to say is thank you, Dr. Collins, and thank you all the people who are involved from top to bottom to the person that may not know what's going on. But you can always reach out to Dr. Collins or reach out to the address again, the website. The website is jacksonhousefoundation.org. And I want to say again, the Jackson House Rooming House is one of the older ones that we had to get rid of. Right. So look for the jacksonhousefoundation.org. Okay, great. And so um, please um, stop by uh, 851 Zach Street and see the soon-to-be, the new Jackson House um, on in Tampa, Florida, 33602. And again, thank you for visiting and hanging out with Fire and Ice Podcast. Goodbye.
me, they make you free of the mind Say your body talk to me nice Say now my love you didn't need for your life Yeah, I love no be like Say every day together, yeah, day and night Yeah, if I leave, you go by Yeah, if you leave, I go by